We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. Hey, Josh. Oh, hey, Vince. Guess what's up? What is up? It's not April anymore. It's May. It's time. It's time to get crazy one once again for our man, Patrick Swayze. Patrick motherfucking Swayze. Okay. Oh, I'm glad to hear it because you know I was a little worried. I thought I chose the wrong theme music. <laughs> I think you chose the right one. Okay. Because because our good friend uh, Nick Rourke is here, and uh, hello, hello everybody, and, and he's brought us Clerks the animated series to watch. Uh, I've never seen this before. Josh, have you seen this? I think I watched the first episode. Yeah, Nick, which, Hun- hundreds of times. What What's up with this show? Like, it's it's a sequel to the first movie. Like, so it's it's in the same universe. And what happens is, I think uh, it got option for network TV, so they they toned some things down. For example, Jay and Silent Bob sell fireworks instead of weed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's there's no uh necrophilia or erections to speak of exactly you know it's it's in it's in implied it's it's referenced to but it's not as you know it, it is for a more family friendly audience yeah fireworks but, are more dangerous than weed yeah we know that now in the year 2023 100%. only one of those things can blow your hand off yeah and only one of those things can blow your mind Mm. I don't know. I've seen some pretty cool fireworks, though. That's that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this this animated show, right? It was it was on ABC initially, initially for two episodes, and then it got canceled. Mm-hmm. And then it finished its six episode run on DVD. <laughs> um, it wasn't released for like a while, too. Like I think maybe six or seven years after the show right. came out. That's wild. Yeah, it was not so, so. Like this episode we're watching, episode three, was actually the first one that was wasn't aired. Right. Okay. So part of the reason why it got canceled, right, is that uh, they had low ratings. They were not fitting with the program schedule. Whatever with whatever night they were running it on. And uh, they had bad test audiences, right? So all those things combined with the fact that ABC made the choice to air the episodes out of order is what just, like, killed it before it even got to go. Imagine if they showed, like, episodes of Lost out of order. It'd be crazy. It's another show on ABC. I've never watched Lost, but I've heard it's confusing. Well, it's, it's intentionally confusing. It's, it's a mm-hmm. leave you wondering what's going on type show. And then when you find out what's going on, you're like, hmm, it's kind of dumb. Oh, that really makes me want to watch it. So instead, we're going to watch a show that's dumb right out of the gate. We know what we're getting ourselves into here. It's dumb, and you don't need to know what the fuck it is. It's Clerks. Now, one thing I will say about the Clerks animated series as a whole, in, in its six-episode entirety, is this. I... I'm a big Simpsons fan. Classic Simpsons, first, you know, 20 seasons or so, enjoyable. I quote The Simpsons nonstop, much to the chagrin of friends, family, 
passers-by. Uh, but <laughs> people in the street, dogs. <laughs> these six episodes are almost equally as quotable as 20 seasons of The Simpsons. Wow. After Martin. you watch these, you will... You will hear key phrases in your life that you will have automatic responses to that you'll they're just in your brain now. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that we will like this. We're no. people who like the, <clears throat> Kevin Smith, right? I, I I was a big fan of Kevin Smith's 2001 era kind of thing. You know, Jay and Silent Bob came out around this time, mm-hmm. like I, and Mallrats as well. So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. You know, I guess I'm into it. And we can't rule out the possibility that I've heard in interviews that this may be rebooted as well. And I don't doubt that it will eventually, considering that everything else has. Like, there's things in the Tusk universe. There's more Clerks movies coming out. It's like he's got the potential now to just do whatever he wants. So whenever he gets yeah. around to it, I think we'll see more of this. Oh, do you think definitely. it'll be a reboot though, or do you think it'll be more episodes? <sighs> Hard to say. It'll be an incontinuity reboot. Uh, I don't know. I think that this is supposed to be like continuing the story of the first movie, correct? Because this Vaguely. came out, like I think, like a few years before. Um, I don't know. Clerks two came out in like oh three. Yeah, I, I want to say this. This predated Clerks two. Yeah, but when you're saying a sequel i don't know if it's direct i think a lot of things are just in the same universe so to speak and if we're talking about reboots i guess you could talk about jay and silent bob's groovy cartoon movie or whatever it is Mm -hmm. which was a, a different animation style a different plot line you know so who knows i guess only time will tell yeah this one it was noted that uh episode three specifically this is the name of the episode, or what it told me on IMDb. Leonardo is caught in the grip of Randall's imagination, and Patrick Swayze either does or doesn't work in the new pet store. It sounds like a fucking cheap show song title. That's <laughs> okay. the name of it. Wait, that's the name of the episode? That's the name of the episode. I thought that you were reading me the description. <laughs> no, that's the name of the episode. We'll call, I, we'll call it Outbreak for short. I love it, right? It was directed by this guy named Chris Bailey, who did uh, 13 episodes of the Kim Possible TV show and two of the animated films as well, The Secret Files and The Villain Files, right? <laughs> Okay. So the animation style is almost the same as mm. Kim Possible. I could see that now that you mention it. Right? Mm-hmm. So like I'm excited to see that because like I really liked the way those characters looked. While we're talking about that, I will say this as well. For an extremely short-lived series, you know, back in these days, any any time you had the option to to make a franchise, you turn your movie into a TV show, video game, action figures, whatever it is, there were tons of action figures of not only the the clerks animated series people in that style. The action figures were the style of the animated characters, mm-hmm. but there's action figures of other uh, like like Mallrats characters that are in the clerks animated style, and it makes you wonder that they had. I'm sure they did have higher hopes for uh, yeah. expanding this. But. Such a weird thing to do, and then just pull it immediately. Like, See, oh, oh, you know. couldn't tell from having seen the fucking six episodes that it's not quite right for ABC Family. And all, it's like, what? How, how much of your life would it take up? Two hours to watch all of the episodes? Something like that. Maybe three. 
Yeah, and I mean, these executives couldn't even be bothered to do that. That well, Maybe that's the bad test audiences were. Well, yeah, like on ABC, it was like they were trying to show it to families, right? But then once it got pulled off of ABC, it got put on Cartoon, or not, sorry, not Cartoon Network, uh, Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And that's where it got a little bit more life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where it stayed for a little while, and you could see all the other episodes. Um, and like the thing that really surprises me, like you said, it didn't have enough time to get going. The cast on this is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's this episode alone has Jeff Anderson, Jason Mewes, Brian O'Halloran, and Kevin Smith reprising their roles from the movie. Mm-hmm. So Dante Randall, Jay, and Silent Bob are all there. Alec Baldwin, James Woods, Charles Barkley, Tara Strong, Brian Cranston, Al Franken, Dana Gould, and Brian Postain are all in this episode as well. Now, a lot of those are residual voices in some or many of the episodes where other people are more of like a guest spot situation. But uh, Charles Barkley plays an important role in the whole series. I'm I'm excited to see, right? But the secret, not the secret, the thing that we haven't told you yet, right? Patrick Swayze is is billed as the eighth person on the, uh, the cast, but he's the character. There's another person playing him. That's right. Nick, who's playing him? Gilbert Gottfried. Dude. It's a good Gilbert Gottfried. It was a pro- Gilbert Gottfried. I'm not even going to try it. Do please do. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. What? Gilbert Ramon. Squawk. Squawk. I'm a parrot. This yep. is Aladdin. That's where I was drawing my inspiration I'm from. I'm a parrot. Thank you. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to see Gilbert Godfrey as Patrick Swayze. If if I had like a, a superhuman power that I could choose, mm-hmm. it would be to automatically and forever change the voice of everybody's Siri, everybody's Echo, everybody's GPS to either <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried or Fran Drescher. Mm. Oh, those are both great. I'd like to add Michael Clark Duncan to it as well. Could, All right. Could they turn it off? Or no. Would... Wow. Yep. Yeah. Set for life. I'd be I'd be into that. If Michael Clark Duncan could be in there as well as like the person reading my maps for me. Specifically right. my maps. I think exactly. that'd be like, "Oh, I'm never going anywhere wrong. Michael Clark Duncan's telling me where to go." Mm. That's what I'd like. Good directions. He he's he's commanding and uh I also think that he's confident in a way that I find comforting in in, in giving directions, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, if I turn wrong, I get a, whatever, motherfucker! And I would just love it. I like that you did, like, a Yui motion with your hands. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm driving. I'm driving. Uh, I I just like that many people would be so annoyed, but I would constantly be smiling, laughing, and not just at other people, just because I I think they're such great character voices, and it would just entertain me to no end for so many reasons. Now, would you prefer the character voice that they do or just like them all just being normal it's the whole spectrum well that's that's the beauty of those two people is yes. that their their character voice is often you know the same yeah. as their normal voice and mm-hmm. in and throughout most of their works you yeah. know it's like it's just when you have a great voice like that mm-hmm. uh, you know or let's say a unique voice uh, because not everyone will agree with me that they're great voices but uh, yeah, it's like you almost don't have to put in the work to like come up with different character voices and different 
impressions. It's just like, no, we love your voice and we're going to put it in everything for 20 years. Fuck yeah. That's your career now. You have an you have an interesting voice. You win at life. Have you guys ever seen the the documentary about Gilbert Godfrey? I have not. No. I haven't either. That's why I was bringing it up because I've heard through the grapevine and by the grapevine I mean Doug Benson's podcast said that Gilbert Godfrey's biopic is amazing. Huh. That they won a bunch of Sundance awards and stuff like that. I think it's just called Gilbert um it's definitely worth a watch so i wanted to mention it i'll add it to my list but i can tell you the one i have seen is gilbert godfrey doing the aristocrats oh you guys know about the aristocrats no okay. what is this josh you you seem familiar you want to throw oh, it down it's for just, us it's a like an improv joke that comedians do where they're just talking about the most disgusting sex acts that they can possibly think of right yeah, it basically it. It, it has a setup and a punchline, and different comedians have run with this joke just to make it as filthy and awful and whatever direction they want to take. And I think the, the DVD that I have is just called The Aristocrats, and I think they show different people's interpretation of the joke, but Gilbert is uh, prominently featured in the thing. Well, damn. Hmm. I'm going to have to check it out. I didn't know anything about this. It's a, it's a tradition. Well, well, this isn't. You want to see what this is? Yes. Is it true that, like, their mayor is Mayor McCheese? No, I don't think so. No, he he was on his way to a costume party. Yeah, sure, sure. And so was the sheriff, uh-huh. that Mr. Big Mac or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Sheriff Big Mac. Sheriff Big Mac. Um, okay. When we were kids, did we have Mayor McCheese and stuff like that? Because he was phased out by the two thousands, right? But I can't remember if we had him as kids. Because like I was, I was like early nineties kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Same same age group. I don't remember those characters. I don't remember the pirate. What I do remember is the Fry Kids and the Grimace and who's the little duck girl. I think it was just Birdie. Birdie. Yeah, yeah. I I remember that. I remember Play Places, but I do not remember some of those characters. Like Mayor, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's that that wasn't for us. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I didn't eat McDonald's. McDonald's when I was a kid. What did you eat? Taco Bell. Oh, dude, Taco Bell is the best. <laughs> it still is. Um, I haven't had Taco Bell in a very long time because every time... Because <laughs> like, they fucked you last time. Like, every time I've mentioned it, uh, either no one worked there or <laughs> had a bad experience. I just go to Del Taco now. I'm a, I'm a Del Taco boy. Yeah, Crazy Nick, Persuasive, sponsored by Del Taco. Yeah, no, Nick, have you ever been to a Taco Bell and nobody worked there? No, but I have been turned away from several fast food restaurants post-COVID because they were only accepting, like, various Grubhub, DoorDash, or online orders. So weird. To to the point where I've even sat there, downloaded the app, and made an online order just to, you know, not have wasted my time. Yeah. I love going somewhere and no one worked there. It's my favorite. (laughs) Oh, uh, there was a place, I'm not going to mention names or locations, but there was a place that was known near my house where I used to live that would like just put something in the drive-thru, like cones or a a closed sign just because they were there, but they didn't want to make any food. 
which I get it. I, I don't always want to work. And frankly, in the height of the labor crisis shortage of pandemic and, and the relentless refusal by the public to make their own food at home, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say fuck it too at some point. <laughs> I always felt weird during the pandemic because like, yes, making food at home was not a problem for me, you know? Uh, but like people were still trying to work and I feel like that was like the hardest part. Like you wanted to be helpful, but you're also like, I don't want to overload a system that isn't able to handle this. First of all, you know, mm. and then putting people in danger, having to make them go to work to order food, you right. know, like, yeah. is, am I, am I wrong to feel no, like no, this? No, it was, like, it was no. very much a, it was a weird time. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to order food, but I right? did go to Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, <laughs> gotta go to Taco Bell. If they're there working and they want to be there, you know, like, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, no one wants to be at work. I had, well, I had a, <laughs> not to, not to belittle or, or make light of anybody else's bad COVID experience, but I had a great COVID experience because I was on unemployment. It was the most money I ever made. It was first paid vacation of my life. It was the most money I had ever made up until that point. And I had like no bills to pay. So I caught up on debt. I invested. I did things. Uh, I tried to be respectful of other people's situations. Um, sure. Mm-hmm. So if if it were me, if I if I was in a in a job that hadn't furloughed me and I was given the choice, like, hey, you're considered essential, you're working. Sure. And it, at that point, you make the decision of, well, I'll take the risk because I need the money or I don't feel there's enough risk. You know, the pros outweigh the cons. Or you say, fuck you, don't put my life in danger, I'm going to figure something else out. And you had people on either side of that that fence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or possibly a lot of people riding the fence and not knowing what to do. But mm-hmm. I'll support the people that want to work and want to work safely, want to follow the guidelines, set it forth at the time. Yeah. But like you said, you don't want to like feel like, Oh, you have to be at your shitty job because yeah. I want a taco or something. You know, exactly. you don't want the entitlement that comes with it. So, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be at their shitty job no matter what. Well, I know they I should know give people, me my taco. I know people who quit their jobs. Like I, I knew someone who worked at a, a grocery chain yeah. and was promoted to management, was doing pretty well, and said, "I don't feel comfortable or safe being here, so I'm going to leave." And and I respect that. Me as too. much as anybody who wants to stay and, you know, like, there there was no wrong answer. You just had to do your best and, and do what you felt was the applicable thing to do in your situation. And that's why I'm glad when I go to Taco Bell and no one worked there. No one want to work there. Me neither. I don't want to work there. Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel that. I don't want to work at Taco Bell. I've, I've ordered food at Taco Bell before, right? I've just, in general. And I know... How excruciating that experience can be with a person who is a picky eater, you know. Oh yeah, it, it's it's tough. And uh, if I were faced with a lot of picky eater orders, I probably wouldn't be the the coolest. I'd be very frustrated, you know. I, I I'm just trying to say, I guess I can empathize with these kids, these kids, these kids, these people. I don't empathize with them. I just yeah. want my taco. <laughs> You, do you empathize with them or do you empanatize with them? Uh, <laughs> I like the the caramel apple empanadas. From doesn't Taco exist Bell. anymore. Oh, it doesn't exist it's anymore. That's how long it's been since you've been there. Yes, they phased out a whole menu item. They brought back Several. the Mexican pizza. Oh, I, I'm indifferent about that. 
to I think one of the last vivid memories outside of you know this past like nobody worked there uh was when the breakfast started right mm, mm, I haven't had it yet I was working downtown and one day uh, we we got out of work early. I don't know how or why. Why Doctor Dan? You finished all your work. Why Uncle Dan? Why why Mister Dan? Who fucking would le- ever let anyone leave early? You finished all the work. I guess I, I made all the phone calls. But yeah, we got out of work early, and I came home, and I got Taco Bell breakfast, and it was awful. Why'd you get Taco Bell breakfast in the afternoon? I don't know, man. Stupid. It was available. I, I didn't think it, it was. I, I didn't think it was either. I didn't get it for years because I was never up early enough. Yeah. Yeah. When I got it, I will see. I was off early enough to get it. That's what I'm saying. That's wild. Yeah. Vince well, had called every number from zero 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 one to nine 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 nine. Personally, yeah. Personally, and I was like, "Yo, did you know that we have new uh, rates in your area? Just let me get you over to a, a you know." Hot a, rates in your area. A service account, you know, guy, and then we'll we'll be able to fix you up. What what state are you in? And I'm like, I'm looking at their information. I already know where it is, but I just can't transfer them because that's not a chill thing to do. We, we see you live in a zip code where the Mexican pizza is still offered. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Test market. Um, um, I, I want I want our mayor to wear a Mayor McCheese head. <laughs> that's so fun. Our mayor met Tommy Chong outside of our head shop, I'm pretty sure. Did they smoke a blunt together? I don't know. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Do you know who our mayor is, Josh? Mayor McCheese, duh. <sighs> it's it's Mayor Dave. Is it? Mayor Dave's not here, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Mayor Dave. I don't know Mayor Dave either. Mayor Dave's not here, man. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a it's a old uh, Cheech and Chong. Bit. Oh, never mind. Now I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, because we're not funny enough, dude. I don't know what was going. On. We're very stoned, but we're not old school. Oh, okay. All right. This episode was very fun. <laughs> Start uh, to finish. Yeah, I had lots and lots of fun with it. I like the open on Jane Silent Bob smoking weed in the gazebo. That shit's dope. Like live action, <laughs> I, I, it was like a log lady. You know, it was a log lady intro into this episode of uh, the Clerks animated Twin Peaks series. This episode and every episode. Yeah. Oh, really? That's at the beginning of all of them. Yes. And they're just like, oh, we made all this money off Clerks the animated TV well, show. Within within the introduction to the episodes, the introductions themselves have their own story arc. So I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But Did I lose say, all the money by the end. I would say that. It, you know, like many shows, even though you can watch episodes singularly that don't necessarily have impact on each other, there are underlying themes and little nods. So if you if you happen to binge watch, you know, take the time to binge watch all six episodes in order. <laughs> like the executives uh, did not. You'll get a little more out of it. Oh, hell yeah. So because there's the, the live action intro and then there's the cartoon intro as well. Is it the same like that in every episode? Every episode. <laughs> so with, with minor variation. I like that. <laughs> it was very silly. 
Then they told you different sets of information, but it was like the same set of information at the same time. Well, yeah, they're both both sets of characters are rich <laughs> off Clerks the Animated Series. Dante and Randall are also rich off of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking listener letters, even though again it's episode three, and the second <laughs> episode was a clip show, <laughs> so they they're getting rich off this shit. And the, the what are the letters? Uh, are you afraid of women? Yeah, <laughs> that's and a funny like, one. Yes, yes. And they they introduced a new character because there weren't any black characters. So Lando is now a friend of theirs that will uh, uh, like just pop in and give them advice. No, he no, he's not allowed to speak. Oh, <laughs> he's trying to give them advice. Oh, he wouldn't take it. Yeah, that was funny. White people are often bad at taking advice from the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Clerks doesn't have any black people in it. So, <laughs> hey, you know, it's good that Kevin Smith at least was aware of these things. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of tongue-in-cheek uh, kind of humor in these situations. Um, you know, Kevin Smith and the other writers, producers, whoever else involved, mm-hmm. definitely very self-aware of, of criticisms and uh, not enough to get them on the air at ABC, though, it would seem. it's I mean, ultimately, it's tokenism with the black character specifically, but, I mean, the... the but it's self-aware. So. It's self-aware, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lampshade. And it, you would... I, I agree. No, I agree. I think... It, I think it's self-aware, but it's fun. Like it's it's done in a way that the, I feel like it's on par with like South Park. You know, like uh, Token and his family have become staples in in their own sense. Mm-hmm. You know, in the show, and like we like them. And it, I don't know. But there is another black character by the end of the episode. Charles Barkley. Yeah, is playing himself. Who's actually played himself in mm-hmm. the previous two episodes. Oh, and this happens in every episode or yes. what? What happens with Charles Barkley in every episode? Is well, it always the like, same thing where he tries to teach his kids about science? Well, yes, but there's in the in the vein of the G.I. Joe and other after-school special type programs, the episode concludes with uh, a science says segment for the kids. And again, it escalates throughout the six episodes. In this one... Uh, Charles Barkley is beaten by Jay and Silent Bob, uh, you know, gangster style. In in previous episodes, it escalated from them. Like Charles Barkley will show up, he's like, "Hey, kids!" and and they're like, "Get out of here, Charles Barkley!" and he slinks away. Um, and again, you gotta love actors, actresses that have uh, a sense of humor about themselves, where you can play yourself and get some fun poked at you and have fun with it. And I think honestly, that's revitalized careers you know you look at mm-hmm. neil patrick harris and and other people that you know they kind of start off as a oh blast from the past nostalgia character but they poke enough fun at themselves that you know it's like oh well now you're relevant again right yeah. like do you, vince do you think it was a decision by swayze or his manager to not do this i think it was his manager honestly yeah, I mean, it's that's the point of the manager is to offload stuff like that. Yeah, the, I feel like it, he it could have been a like an actual career decision at the time, but it's like in retrospect, this could have been a very funny little thing for him to do. the The quote I found was the agent said the role was disparaging in the way it was written, <laughs> which it was. <laughs> yeah, no denying that. Oh no, a hundred percent. What's disparaging about calling your horse three different movies? <laughs> I think the character of Patrick Swayze was spot on. 
you just <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was so fucking funny. The fact that he was actually the employee, not the owner. Yeah. And that the owner was constantly yelling, Swayze, get back in here and clean this. And he's always telling him to do something. And, well, he's trying to talk. Oh, it was great. I liked it. It's, it's funny that, yes, it is disparaging that Patrick Swayze works there and uh, Dante doesn't know who Patrick Swayze is. is or is it uh, the agent who doesn't know? I don't know. What's that, what's that guy called? Major, no, yeah, Major um, Baklava? Yep, that's right. Okay. Played by James, James Woods. Woods. And you have to wonder if that's like some kind of personal tiff between James Woods and Patrick Swayze where you're like, you know, was that was that a scripted thing or was was uh, James Woods just like, Patrick Swayze, who's that? <laughs> Who's that? Sounds like something Gary Busey would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I thought it was great. This and was very funny. The outbreak aspect was very cool. It's fucked up. That there's a monkey in a in a fucking uh, pet, pet store at the at the corner store. Yeah, and and somehow Jay and Silent Bob got the monkey out before they got quarantined, right? Right, the monkey bites uh, Mike or uh, Leonardo. Leonardo, yep, played by Alec Baldwin. Played by Alec Baldwin. Yeah, the the rich guy who looks like a vampire. Yeah, and then he also eats a burrito that Randall has left outside for a day. Uh, at least the better part of a day. Like it's, a box it's, of it's frozen, rancid by yeah, this point. A box of unfrozen frozen burritos. Yeah, that were unfrozen by the baking sun. And, uh, yeah, so that's what gave him the outbreak virus. So they got quarantined. What would be later confused for the outbreak virus, which was, in fact, obviously food poisoning to anyone with half a brain, including Dante. Mm -hmm. Dude, it was so fucking funny. And, like, I just, I like that Jay and Silent Bob got the monkey out. Because then, like, later on in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they, they get, get the Suzanne, monkey. and, like, so it's like, oh, yes. these guys, this isn't these guys' first rodeo, right? But why did they get the monkey? Because they wanted to teach how to smoke. That yeah. was the only reason. <laughs> they wanted to teach the monkey how to smoke cigarettes. Oh. Which, which they succeeded at. I love Spoiler. that. <laughs> I, I mean, liked that a lot. You can teach a monkey to smoke cigarettes. I know that. You can do that in real life, for sure. Do you, so how do you know that, Josh? Because I have taught a monkey how to smoke cigarettes. What a bad influence. I know. Dude, I would like to meet that monkey. Meet that? <laughs> yeah? You want like to that meet monkey? that monkey? Yeah, we meet that monkey. No, any monkey. I mean, anyone who's ever seen a, a monkey that lives in somebody's house is like, oh yeah, monkeys love cigarettes. They like beer. <laughs> All right. Were you able to pick out who Brian Cranston or Al Franken or Dana Gould or Brian Pustain was in this episode? Because I am assuming... That Tara Strong was the giggling girls, both of them. I'm well, only one of them talked. Thought I would, I would think Al Franken and Brian Cranston might be the mayor and the constable. Oh, that's a great point. Yep. And then Brian Posehn is actually a, a featured guest voice in the entirety of the show of uh, various characters, like a mm-hmm. you know a voice here, voice there. And I, I actually didn't. It sounds like Brian Posehn in most cases. But in this particular episode, I didn't notice anything that stood out, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that being said, we've we've uncovered in our research that Gilbert Gottfried, who here voices Patrick Swayze, also in a the next episode. Oh, it was the prior. The second. Oh, the prior. Episode. The prior yeah. episode. He uh, voices Jerry Seinfeld, and until Vince told me that while we were watching this. 
I wouldn't have known that because what you, you said he's known for his Jerry impression. I, I was saying that, Josh. Oh, you were yeah. saying that. Uh, so it's possible that Brian Posehn was in this episode, but didn't sound like Brian Posehn. Like my understanding is that he used to do mm-hmm. it, like on, like he would go to clubs and do it sometimes. Well, how, like I would be really into that first and foremost because, like, you're 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 at someone someone some comedy club seeing Gilbert Godfrey, and all of a sudden you have to go to the bathroom. You're like, shit, I gotta go take a piss. And then all of a sudden you just hear Jerry Seinfeld, and you're like, holy fucking shit, Jerry Seinfeld is here! And run out there and be so fucking excited, and it's Gilbert Godfrey just doing the Jerry Seinfeld impression. Mm-hmm. Like, it would blow my mind. It, and it did blow my mind, and so I must retract my previous statement from earlier in this episode about how you know these these characters get typecast and gilbert sounds like gilbert and everything like yeah. i had no idea like i guess you know he has a lot more versatility than i gave him credit for my understanding as well is that you know how he talks is like really an affectation that it, like that's his stage voice like nobody talks like that to their fucking wife when they're laying in bed see i don't know i don't Maybe, know about that's, that that's what i'm asking like is that what he sounds like all the time or does it start as a character and then it consumes your soul and it you can't stop doing it? Mm. <laughs> like that's what happened to Duncan Trussell. He just has to talk like that now. He's got to talk like that. <laughs> oh man! Now, yeah, now you mentioned you mentioned that um, you know uh, Patrick Swayze's management, yeah. you know, advised him not to do this role, mm-hmm. and and they they don't really touch on that much uh, other than the credits where it says uh gilbert gottfried as patrick swayze yeah however there's a point in this episode where randall's trying to figure out what's going on and he he believes it's the deadly motaba virus Mm -hmm. outbreak style it's there's this little cartoon brain calculation this plus that minus this equals this right it was and it was the monkey plus the burrito plus Leonardo minus the burrito equals equals Dustin Hoffman, but it it's a blacked out silhouette, and they go as far as to say in the narrator voice that Dustin Hoffman refused to you know have his image in this cartoon, and instead in the calculation, Dustin Hoffman's face will be replaced by El Pacino, and then El Pacino's face pops up, and I've got to imagine. Is that a nod to the Patrick Swayze management? Yeah, like, Potentially. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah Patrick Swayze. Or is, or is that a whole separate thing that happened as well? Oh, God, imagine. Imagine having all those issues with your 20-minute cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, God damn it, how does South Park do it? <laughs> like George Clooney's jumping through hoops to bark like a dog for that show. Shh. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I think that they nailed the Patrick Swayze, like, as, as a characterization. It's funnier than how Family Guy portrays Patrick Swayze, which is like, oh, he comes in, he just punches everything. And that's, you know, that's one way to do it. But the <laughs> horse is much funnier to me. Yeah, uh, Family Guy's humor is a little less subtle than other animated shows. Absolutely, but that, it is how... putting lot, it nicely. But it is how a lot of people remember Patrick Swayze, like, mm-hmm. people around our age... I think remember Patrick Swayze in that way. Yeah, and uh, that sucks. Well, maybe it's a generational thing. Because not only did we get the the signature horse, we got the signature dancing. 
between Randall and the monkey. Oh, not yeah. Randall. Between Jay and the monkey. Jay and the monkey. Oh, is that the song? Oh, well, th- <laughs> yeah. throughout the episode, they played songs from the soundtrack, right? We had, I think, three or four of them. Hmm. Um, and I liked that. Like, Dirty we, like, Dancing. Yes, yes. And Josh had mentioned that the horse was named after different movies. We had Ghost, Roadhouse, and Point Break is what he called his horses. The same the same horse three times in oh, separate occasions. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, two were on the same occasion. Just... Point Break was his last name. <laughs> and then, yes, he does say Roadhouse Ho later on. So he could have just been saying Roadhouse, but I think he was talking to the horse. I like it. Yep. I like. I thought it was so much fun. Oh, and and he's portrayed in the what dancing aerobics suit the whole time. Oh yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like warmers, headband, and all. I liked it. Yeah. No, this was a great find, Nick. I think. I I think this is one that I am going to watch all of them. Oh, I'm very excited about it. Highly recommend. You got Roku now. Yeah, I downloaded the Roku app for this because we found it on uh, on on Roku streaming for free. You know, and uh, it, I was real confused. I downloaded the app and I was like, what the fuck is up with this show? Because I tried to watch it, but it wouldn't let me select the episodes. Mm. Was but, it like a live channel where it just runs through them and you just happen to tune in whenever it's... It's what it seems like. So so it's on live TV on Roku. That's fucked up. Yeah, it was weird but, as shit. But in a constant loop. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. It's a three hour loop. But yeah, so I'm happy I had the DVD. Like, uh, fun fact about the DVD, by the way, I believe I purchased it at a uh, big chain store. Yeah, and I went to watch it, and I would get into you know maybe the fourth or fifth episode, and it would just pixelate and freeze. Huh? And I looked at the disc. There's no scratches. There's no holes in the foil. Everything looks legit, and. I even went as far as to have the disc uh, buffed and repaired professionally because mm-hmm. uh, I worked at a record store that did that. And, you know, I was, give it a try. Mm-hmm. And it didn't help. So, you know, my last chance, my Hail Mary, was to go buy another copy. And one of two things was going to happen. Either one, it would freeze in the same spot as an error in the manufacture of the master disc that all the duplicates mm-hmm. were made from. Or... That just happened to be a bum copy, and the new one would work fine. Luckily for us today, the latter was true, and we can watch all six episodes without any pixelation or interruption. Did you take the old copy and return it? I did. Yeah. Well, of course I'm going to return it. It's defective product. What am I going to do, eat the $10 or whatever it was? No, I like that. That's, That's fucking consumerism at its best i'm I'm about it so for those of you listening to the podcast if you watch the show on roku or anywhere and track down that dvd copy and you have the same problem all hope is not lost there exist dvds out there in the world for you Mm -hmm. yeah i've i've been having trouble getting this one dvd yeah fucking sucks yeah Uh, but i got some more dvds man oh yeah I, you know, we were talking about playing a game, you know, the movie Saw. Yeah. I bought all seven Saw movies oh, plus one. God damn. Gotta have them all. Dude, I've got the first one, but that's the only one I have. Got them on Blu-ray and DVD. If I would have known in advance how difficult it is to find a DVD of a 
movie that you guys had previously talked about on a previous episode, I would have lent you my copy, but uh, I do also have a DVD copy of the movie Freaked. Oh yeah, hell yeah. So Danny ca- owns it. We we found it on uh YouTube for free. Yeah. No ads even. Yeah, it was the best. It was great. We were big fans of that. Um I watched a movie the other day involving Freaked, and I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. How did it involve Freaked? I think it was by the same director. Alex Winters. Oh, no, not that. I'm sorry. I don't know how it was involved with Freaked. I watched another Jean de Bont movie, though. Cool. Yeah, I watched The Haunting with Liam Neeson. That was on TV the other day. Is he, who, is he the haunter or the haunted? He was... Alright, so he plays like a doctor that's having a psychological study with a bunch of insomniacs, right? <laughs> but he doesn't tell these insomniacs why they're going to this location. It's a house on Haunted Hill kind of situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So... A bunch of just spooky shit happened to these people who don't sleep and they're trying to figure out if it's hallucination or if it's a manifestation from their hallucination or if it's a group hallucination and stuff like that, right? But it's got Liam Neeson, Lily Taylor, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson, Bruce Dern, and uh, those are all the big names. Almost sounds like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, it was uh, really fucking cool. Some of the effects were amazing other effects were bad it was the best and i suggested i found it on hbo all right so john debont did speed oh okay yeah he was the director in speed and he liked this movie oh he did he did the movie speed yes i see i thought you were talking about the haunted and why it turned out the way it did he did speed (laughs) oh yeah maybe i don't know i'm not we just watch speed you know it's a movie where things go fast. Yeah. What's the bus that can't slow down? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Speaking to him in his language. Is that the joke? <laughs> that's, that's, that's about it. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Dude, yeah, no, this was sick. I'm happy to watch more. This is, uh, you know, How, like, I'm I wish surprised could, it took me so this long. I wish we could like pay Kevin Smith directly to, to you know, make some more. Maybe. Um, I did find... In 2020, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, Smith teased about bringing the show back to Hulu. Based on this episode, based the whole rest of the show on this episode where there's an outbreak. Maybe. I wonder Mm -hmm. if if you tease it coming out to get Hulu to bite or if these are the talks. I don't know. I I feel weird about Kevin Smith like as a director now. Has he made like a, yeah, he just did Clerks 3, right? Yeah. Well, there's Yoga Hosers, which is in the Tusk universe. I just mean to say, has he made like a standard Kevin Smith film recently? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I guess that's Clerks 3, but that's not even a standard one, is it? I haven't seen it yet. I mean, what is a standard Kevin Smith film anymore? He hasn't made one of those like stoner comedies in a long time. Well, maybe. I guess I'm just like, when he started making those horror movies, I was excited because it was kind of like how like, you know, when Jordan Peele started making horror movies, like they were just like these weird kind of funny, but still offbeat, scary motherfucking movies. Right. I remember seeing Red State and Tusk and like being like freaked the fuck out and like excited to see what he was going to do next. You know, 
Now, if I'm not mistaken, in one of the evening with Kevin Smith uh, you know, DVDs where he, he does the spoken word yeah. story kind of thing, doesn't he talk about working on a, a a big box superhero movie that ultimately got shelved? I don't can't remember if it was a Batman or a Spider-Man. But. Well, yeah, he did a few different things, right? He did Superman Lives. Or Superman Dies? The one with Nick Cage? The one with Nick Cage. Yeah, Tim Burton was going to direct it. Kevin Smith was writing it. Nick Cage was going to be the star. And yeah, it got canned. Yeah, that's probably the one he was talking about. But since then, he's worked on a lot of the CW mm-hmm. superhero shit. Like episodes mm-hmm. of The Flash, Supergirl, that he's written yeah. and directed. He's not, also... Not ri- surprised. Right. I think he wrote a Green Lantern or something like that also. Well, ultimately, they don't stand out like as episodes of television that are different than all the other ones. Well, no, because he's mm-hmm. he's a, a tried and true comic book fan. He yeah. has the comic store in New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And he and he doesn't insist on like putting his little stamp on it. I know in the in one of the episodes, there's Jay and Silent Bob, but that's the only thing. Oh, in the in the Flash or Supergirl? I think it's Supergirl. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it, uh, tying back into the comic book world. Uh, I believe they've done some comics of their own featuring Jane Silent Bob or their alter egos, Blunt Man and Chronic. Dude, yeah. You got to make the Blunt Man and Chronic comics if you want like a multimedia situation. I would like, like, if they actually made the Blunt Man and Chronic movie, like, I would be really excited about it. We live in an age where no franchise can ever truly die, I think whether that's a, a TV, music, anything, and I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. I liked that they did the Blunt Man and Chronic reboot in Jane's Highland Bob reboot. Like, right. that was fucking hilarious. Haven't seen it. It's oh, funny, though. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, man. Supergirl's involved. Okay. I don't miss her. Now, now the the animation style in yes. Jay and Silent Bob reboot that that brought back some memories. Who who would you say that reminded you of? You know, I'm not sure. Was it? I can't remember the animation in it. It was it was almost. I want to say it had some Ren and Stimpy kind of vibes mm. uh, or or something, but it definitely took a different direction than the animated style you have in the Clerks series. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly probably lots of influence there and, and I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see what, what Kevin does next. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we finally get to see uh moose jaws. Oh, it, it'll have to be coming. I don't know. He's been talking about it for a very long time. Yoga hosers came out like six years ago. Now, that's one where I never saw the trailer or anything. Somebody just kind of put that on and yeah. I... Did not expect it to go in the direction that it did. It kind of it kind of takes some wild turns, and, mm-hmm. and Dude, I, I went, didn't even know it was going to be a, a horror movie per se. I went to like a special showing of it because no one wanted, or he was doing like a small release or whatever, and they had like a little, like five minutes or ten minutes beforehand with him and uh, his daughter talking, you know, like in a, in a broadcast, and that was shown with the movie. And uh, I was very surprised by it. Like, I was entertained, you know? But, like, who was that for? For him. I think him and, and, and his daughter, Harley, specifically. 
Yeah, I think think he was probably like high, and he was like, "Sounds funny," or or a bonding thing, you know, something yeah. they worked on together. I, I don't think it was a bad movie. It was it was a bad movie in the way I love movies to be bad. Word, word, word. For yeah, sure. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I was just that. I think that may have been its weakness. Was I'm just not sure who it was for. And I don't if, understand. And if either. it was just for him and his daughter to do together, like that's sick. I'm happy he had that opportunity. I'm just like he shouldn't have had to subject it to all of us. Well, I disagree. <laughs> us to it. it yeah. I you know there's a whole um, legion of of horror movie and sci-fi fans. You know, growing up in the the late '80s into the early '90s, where you have. Things like gremlins and critters and just these little creatures that make no sense. And without all the, you <laughs> it's know, true. Vince all, loves all the, little freaks. Yeah. Well, right. And and it's like not everything has to be a, a super realistic, super scary horror. Like sometimes you just want a cheesy, what the hell kind of like semi family friendly ish movie, like uh-huh. a PG, a good PG thirteen that teenagers can just be like, ah, this is great, this is funny, and. Yeah stupid and, and not really that scary mm-hmm. it certainly would be scary if it actually happened in reality but you know there there aren't that many family movies there's no like low budget i don't want to say there's no low budget movies anymore because i'm sure there are there are indie films and stuff but it's not like when we went to the video store as kids and grabbed some cheesy thing off the shelf you know i i think there is an audience for something like yoga hosers there should be like more Low quality trash is that what it is? I don't yeah. know what it is. No, because it's high quality trash. Like throwback. It's it's throwback to a vibe of a of a film genre that doesn't quite exist. Anymore. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I I I may have sounded like I, I wasn't like down with yoga hosers before, and I'm sorry if that was the case. <laughs> right. I'm into the movie. I like how they incorporate the text messages and all that shit. I like that the gals have a band that practices at work while they're on the clock. Hell yeah. Super into that. Yep. Um, I like that the guy from Epic Mealtime is in it, and he looks like a big old freak. And uh, doesn't he get a, a little bratsy in the bum or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Someone gets a bratsy in the butt. I know that for sure. Uh, it's just, it's a silly, weird movie. Yeah, it's silly and weird, and it, I, the only thing Donald that, Depp is in it. Yeah, it's, that's one of the bad things about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, and he's got a big old dick on his nose, and they even put a vein in it. It's a weird thing. Yep, it's a weird movie. And I love Red State. It's one of my favorites. Oh. I want, like, I want, I want to watch it like this week. Yeah, I haven't. It. It's, it's. I think it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I like yeah. Zach and Mary make a porno. That's a great one, too. Cop Out. Have you seen that? Yeah, movie rules. Have you seen Cop Out? I have not yet. Oh, it's a it's the one that he made with Bruce Willis, where he, the one night that he does, the, the night with Kevin Smith, he talks about working with Bruce Willis. It was, oh. it, was his, it was his experience over the course of Die Hard 4 and then Cop Out and just how, like, on Die Hard, everything was great. Everyone had a great time, like because Kevin was acting, he wrote his scene, stuff like that. It worked, you know. And then afterwards, they're like, "Kevin, we want you to do this movie with Bruce." You know, it's called like Cop Out, and it's got fucking Tracy Morgan in it also. And he's like, "Okay, cool. We've had great work experience and all this kind of stuff." And he's like, "Then we got on set, and it was fucking awful." <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh man, that sounds unfortunate." Like. 
I would be so bummed to finally get to work with Bruce Willis and then it'd just be a poor experience. Don't ever work with Bruce Willis. But I also wonder, was it just a poor experience because it's Kevin Smith? You know? Well, sometimes maybe you're set up for failure. You know, you, you might have a different budget or... Uh, Kevin Smith famously problems. doesn't really know how to film, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of sets up the camera and lets it do its thing. <laughs> that's a good point. And then everybody just talks at each other. And that's fine because that's what you want out of a Kevin Smith movie. But when it's time to make Cop Out, you're like, oh, shit. Uh, and Bruce is like, what kind of what kind of lens is he using? And Kevin's like, well, I like to use the... And he's like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about, Kevin. Just fucking mm. set up the camera and shoot it. <laughs> And Kevin's like, all right, can you say these lines, Bruce? And Bruce's like, I'll do it with a look. <laughs> That's what he does. I'll do it with a look. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I love Bruce Willis. <laughs> Everything I've ever seen him in has been great. Well, I mean, like, now if he wants to act, it's got to be with a look. Like, literally, everything I've ever watched with Bruce Willis in, including Return of Bruno, has been amazing. Have you ever seen The Return of Bruno, Nick? I've I've got the album. I've got the album as well. But there's a movie, and Michael J. Fox plays a huge, huge, huge Bruno fan. Like, cannot get enough Bruno. But he's Michael J. Fox. Yeah, he's Michael J. Fox playing a huge Bruno fan. No, I I wasn't even aware this existed. Oh, I'm gonna have to check it out. Dude, it's on YouTube. Every, yeah, everyone in the documentary is just like you know, famous musician, famous actor, famous models. They're all. It like, was like Bru- a Spinal Tap almost, like people talking about how celebrated they are. But I think that Bruce Willis thought it was real. That that's like my conspiracy theory about it is that I think that Bruce Willis thinks that we want we love Bruno. I agree. I think that exact same thing. <laughs> that's the twist of the whole thing. Is you finish it and you're like, wow. Bruno's pretty cool, and Bruce Willis also thinks that. <laughs> Bruno it feels like, you know, when someone wants a nickname, so they start one for themselves, it's always like... Well, it's like he's doing a David Bowie thing, right? Yeah? He's picked a name. Oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. His, this is like his Bruno era. Yeah, yeah. And he just goes around and plays the blues on harmonica, but it's not actually the blues. Oh, Dude, every once in a while... Oh, okay, so I was watching Bumpin' Mikes, that Colin Quinn and... Uh, what was... I forget who the other character... The person was. Well, it's Bumpin' Mikes. You on, know me, trust on, no Mike. On, on, on Netflix, right? And um, they... Bruce Willis is there, and they try and call him up to play harmonica. Like, like this man just carries around a harmonica. Do you think he does? Yes. I think he would. Not anymore. Like, Bruce Willis just has a Rolex watch. He can't talk. I bet he could play the harmonica like and a harmonica. He doesn't pay for anything anymore. He just, like, shows up. He's like, I'm Bruce Willis. And people are like, here, have a cheeseburger. Well, in his current physical state, I'd, I'd comp his meal, too. He's probably not long for this earth. He's got to play the harmonica for his meals, Nick. <laughs> I'm imagining like the, what's the thing they put in your throat when you have cancer? Like, a talk box? Yeah, like that, but the harmonica, that's how mm. he's got to communicate now. That's what's going to happen to Bob Dylan before he does. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like those fucking Looney Tunes when they swallow the harmonica, and then when they talk, it's like... Exactly. Oh, man. Like, I've never 
I've never ever had one. Or, I mean, like I've had harmonicas as a child. You know, I have some toy harmonicas, but um, like as an adult musician, I've never used a harmonica. Well, it's like in a key, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I I once saw someone they're like, no, I bought an entire set. I so like I've got e- each of the keys, so. I can actually utilize them in songs, and I don't know if they were ever utilized, but it just seems so, so much, you know, like, that's a lot of effort. What if you attach it to your face so that you can also play the guitar and sing? Well, well. Is that too much? Because <laughs> no. you're saying the harmonica by itself is too much, but if you add all the other stuff, it's it's fine. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm wondering, like, if I, I, I don't know if I even like it. Do you like it? I, it's hard to say, man. I don't think I really have Do an you opinion. Like it? I like it in places that it fits. I mean, like there there are some great blues albums with harmonica. Oh, yeah. and, and Billy Joel has Piano Man. Yeah, Blues Traveler. Oh yeah, that guy is in that thing. Return of Bruno. Clutch. Have you ever seen Clutch? No. Have you ever seen Clutch? The band or the yeah. movie? The purse. The band. Neither. None of the above. Well, I saw them once open for Coheed and Cambria. And let me tell you, I didn't have a good time watching them. And all of their merch, and I tell all of their merch were on Dickies. Like Dickies shirts. It said Clutch, and then there was a Dickies logo. And the then endorsement. They, and then they had the uh, the work jackets. The I wear my, my Dickies work jacket every day, you know clutch on it i was like man this is a this is this is music for the people but it was not good i did not like it it's not music for the people though if they're if their merch costs like 50 dollars is i didn't don't know how much it costs i can guarantee you it costs a lot of money if it's if they're getting it printed on dickie shit yeah also you know Carhartt's working man stuff. It's not cheap either. It's built to last. Well, you could say Dickies is too, but I'm willing to bet you got an endorsement deal. I'm not going to speak on whether Clutch is good or bad uh, because, you know, music is so objective. It's somebody's jam. I worked at a record store for 15 years. We sold the hell out of some Clutch albums. People are digging it, but... If it's not for you, it's not for you. Yeah, that that show is not the vibe. I thought you were going to say they had harmonicas printed on all their shirts. Oh, no, they have a harmonica <laughs> player in the band. They do. Yeah. No, that show, all right, that was Fall of Troy, Clutch, and Coed and Cambria, I think at the Fox. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it, it, it might have been the Fillmore yeah, next door. Yeah, one place or the but because because there was no seats. That's the only the one reason why I think it was oh, Fillmore. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I don't know if it was the Fillmore yet. It might have still been the state. I can't remember how long ago this was. But well, they they played yeah. there multiple times. So yeah. It just depends oh yeah. When you saw them, but uh, I've seen Cody and Cambria like eight times. You guys remember in the what it would have been the probably what the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s aerosmith came out with an album called honking on bobo i have it yep. i have it over there right it's i got have the, the har- set harmonica on the cover it's, it's prominently featured in the recordings but i happened across a deluxe version of the cd it's packaged in a dvd sized box and it comes with a keychain with a tiny little harmonica that is functional honestly I had that. If I don't have it over there in, in my rack, 
that may have been a copy that circled around because I would have sold it within the last year. Maybe or two I bought that. it from you, too. <laughs> indirectly or directly. It could have been, could have been, but yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was sick, um, but I was not a fan of that album. Yeah, it wasn't their best work, but no, nope. no, nope. I, I got a tiny harmonica out of the deal. It wasn't just push play. Did you hear that they're posting that they're doing something? They're something called Peace Out or whatever. Is it a farewell tour of this? Is it going to be a yeah, farewell tour where they all kill themselves at the end? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. If, if it is, I didn't really do too much research, to be completely fucking honest. I just know that things were being posted, so I think Aerosmith may be preparing for a final tour. Well, final tour... Means is, nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kiss has been on their farewell tour since the 80s. I've seen at least three Streetlight Manifesto farewell tours. I mean... I like that though. It keeps you on your toes. <laughs> I like that every I like that every tour is a farewell tour sometimes because it's like, yeah, maybe. Who it's, knows? A farewell tour is the musical equivalent of the Midwest goodbye. Yeah. I like it can go on indefinitely. I like it. Well do Guns N' Roses had their uh not in this lifetime tour, right? It was like two and a half or three years long right and it came to detroit twice mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it was the weirdest shit like it was awesome i loved it but they went around the entire world and they would be like okay we're gonna take four months on the road then three months off and then same tour is gonna continue but in a different continent and uh it must have been taken the rowboat dude maybe maybe like, them three months to get across the Atlantic. They probably were like in a non-motorized vehicle. A Axel's sitting there just paddling his own little canoe. But the canoe is really the the, the Marshall amp or whatever. Um, and paddling with the guitar. Could you imagine being in a band that's so big that you could genuinely do an entire world tour? Oh, I imagine it all the time. It'd like, be great. Yeah, like just you you are in Metallica or you are Queen. Like you can go literally anywhere. I'm Queen. Yeah, you are Queen, and you can go anywhere, and people will be like, "I fucking." Is the queen like that's nuts C to write a song with such mass appeal? Like, do you think that that is like a talent or like, I mean, like, is it a is it a pro or a con? Right, right. If you can write a song that's so universally relatable, is that a positive? Like that song negative? from Bill and Ted. Yes, yeah, save the world. The yeah. song sucks. Negative. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard of uh, musicians that love bad reviews. Like, let's say, let's say, not not like world arena tour level musicians, yeah. but you know, in between level musicians, they like bad reviews because they like to play the smaller clubs. They like to be able to talk to the fans. With a world arena level fame comes probably a lot of ego. Well, I was gonna say annoying things that are detrimental to your life can't go to the store without getting recognized people hating on you in the youtube comments for no particular reason you know it's like you get the fortune to put up with the fame mm -hmm. like there are positive aspects to the fame i'm sure mm -hmm. undoubtedly but there's a ton of negative uh attributes that people probably don't realize that you know are just awful way to live your life 
Like, for example, if you're Patrick Swayze and you work at the pet store, it sucks because everybody recognizes you. Look, it's that guy from Dirty Dancing. You know, I'm just Patrick. Well, and that's that's another uh, interesting aspect about fame is how many actors do you know or you recognize their face? You know what you've seen them in. You don't know their name. Oh, yeah. So many. That's got to be a burr in your side sometimes. It's like, I'm famous, but nobody can remember my name. Like, what's the name of that guy who in Mulholland Drive has the dream about the, the scary dude behind the dumpster? I don't know. You know, what the person that I was going to bring up, right? Uh, in the Super Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. right? The two brothers, or the two cousins, you know? Mm-hmm. One of them is also in Ferris Bueller. And that same guy is also in Howard the Duck. And he is also in Do the Right Thing. I've seen a bunch of his fucking movies. No idea who he is. Couldn't tell you. Love it. Or the musical equivalent of this, I suppose, would be like, you have a hit song on the radio that mm-hmm. everybody knows and can hum along to, but doesn't really know the words and has no idea who sings it. Like the Macarena? Well, I... I was thinking Mbop. Everyone knows Hanson. Not to be confused with the Hanson Brothers, Canada's greatest national treasure. What? Who, oh, for wrestling? Are no. wrestlers? No. Uh, it's, <laughs> Are they window men? They're, <laughs> they're, a hockey, they're a hockey beer band. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the, the movie Slapshot. You have the Hanson brothers that are the ringers that kind of help the team. But there's a band called the Hanson brothers in Canada based on the movie Slapshot. It's it's members of No Means No, the hardcore punk band from Alternative Tentacles. They have this alter ego band called Hanson brothers where all their songs are Ramonesy and about beer and hockey and Slapshot universe. Um, but every time you bring them up, you're like, Hanson, the Mbop kids? Like, no. Gotta love a band with a good gimmick. Um, I have Slapshot, right? I just never watched it. Oh, well worth the watch. Yeah, like I, I, I got it a few years ago for my birthday, you know, and I've just like with all my other movies, I just have ones that I've had for over a decade, and I just have never touched for some reason, and that was one of them. And I don't know why. It's worth a watch. Yeah, uh, there's actually three of them. There's three slap shots? Yeah, and I think one was like way later, like a 90s movie with a Baldwin brother. Oh, I could be into that. What so, if it's not the Baldwin brother? What, what? It's the other Baldwin. <laughs> it's Adam Baldwin. Um, no, I'm pretty sure it's Stephen Baldwin. I believe you're right. Um, and I was just watching The Celebrity Mole that's on Netflix right now, season three. Um, it's got fucking Stephen Baldwin in it, and it's it's Stephen Baldwin and Kathy Griffith and Eric Von Detten are all in it, and I'm just like That's about it. Me. What? Why? Why am I killing you? Celebrity mole. It's, it's the, the craziest best. name for a show I've ever heard. Of. Well, it's because they have to figure out who the mole is, right? And they're celebrities, so that's why it's titled the Celebrity Mole. You're a celebrity mole. See, that's the thing. All of them are like, I am the best mole. I'm the celebrity mole. Hello, I'm Eric Von Detten, and I might be the mole. And I'm like, you all can't be the mole. Some of you are lying. (laughs) Most of you are lying. And the entire time they have to do physical challenges while remembering things about the people they're doing them with, you know. And it's amazing. It's on Netflix. 
and uh, everyone should watch it because it's weird. It's really weird. It was from like '96, and it's, like just it was like, "What's Brink doing?" <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, "What's Brink doing?" And he's like, "I'm I'm making daiquiris, and then I'm gonna use this this metal detector to find coins, so that I can go pay Stephen Baldwin for a boat. And I'm gonna ride my little ass out there and get a flag. And if I do that, I'm gonna get immunities." And that's an episode of this show. Interesting. <laughs> There's only one more thing we have to do on our show to make it an episode of our show. What is it, Josh? We have to rank this on our patented Swayze scale. Swayze scale. Um, what do you think? Does anyone have any suggestions as to like how any any items on our patented Swayze scale, Swayze scale. that this thing did? Dude, have we we accomplished a few right off the bat right mm-hmm. we had dancing mm-hmm. and we had horses mm-hmm. uh was there any knives involved I, I didn't see any knives involved i don't think i don't think so either or any just like fighting in general there was the monkey biting someone but that's not fighting yeah i didn't see too much like people throwing fists or oh there was like looting that. there was looting at the end of the looting episode. is not that fighting that's not. That's, I didn't see anybody throw any punches while they were looting. There was no romance. Uh, what about with, with the monkey? Do you think that interspecies relationships are romantic? I mean, the way that they're dancing was romantic, but that's a whole separate point, I suppose. I don't know. Okay, so that's a no. <laughs> I don't think so. I, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you. If is the helicopter a sick whip? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I think helicopters are cool. I think it's cool that it went through the bubble. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that also. Do you, do you think... Uh, does, uh, does this have anything to say about gender? No. Oh, are, it's, are you it's sure? something about sexuality. Uh, what About what about it? That Dante is gay. <laughs> Dante is gay. <laughs> Dante is gay. It's funny that that's just the joke, is that he's not gay, but he, he admits he's gay and everyone congratulates him. Is that... <laughs> Is that funny? Yes. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Didn't they like trick him into it? Yeah, Randall Somehow. Randall set him up for it. Okay, yeah. It was it was so fucking silly. Okay, you're right. That is something about gender. There was no uh what was it called? Feminisms. Yeah, well, no feminism. The, the intro to the episode where they're reading the letters. I, I don't know. Two women don't talk to each other. They're literally phoning it in. Then they call them laughing girls. The, no, oh, no, the, no, the, the letters when they're uh, addressing the the fact that there are no feminine leads <coughs> on their show. Sure, yeah, but there's not women talking to each other. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's no feminism. There's no dad stuff. Uh, and was there class stuff? I mean, Clerks is inherently a class thing about how he doesn't want to work, but he's got it because Patrick Swayze was employed, so there was a manager above him. So yes, there's class. It's directly, directly there. Oh yeah, they were suggesting that because Patrick Swayze was down on his luck, that uh, it's he funny to make fun of him, make employ him, make him a, a pet store attendant. It's funny to employ in him in New Jersey. Why would he be living in New Jersey? No road trip. Uh, we got the sick whip. I think that's all the oh, points on our the skin. road trip. They went to get the burgers. On their last day to live, they got to go <laughs> try to get burgers. Oh shit, dude! See, that's what you guys are here for. Yeah, it took them like three days to do it or whatever it was. It took them three trips in one day. And they never got the burgers right because the employees who worked there were like, we don't work here. (laughs) 
I uh, yeah, I, I agree. That that was the only real driving they did outside of flying that helicopter around. Which they only flew to directly outside the bubble. <laughs> I like that they, that they do refer to him as a beautiful gay bastard. I thought that was so fucking silly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's silly. I thought that was so fucking silly. And I also liked the that they fa- said the words, nothing can kill the grimace. <laughs> so if... Because if, was it the police chief or the mayor that was answering questions it was the about... Po- I think it was the police chief. Yeah. <laughs> Just about McDonald's lore. Oh, no, no. It has to have been the mayor. <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, whatever one it was, yeah, nothing can kill the grimace was so intimidating that I think that should be just like an extra bonus point special for this episode because that's something that I never thought about and now I'm terrified <laughs> because the grimace will never die. And it's it's the grimace. Yes. Extra bonus point for grimace this week. Okay. So after uh, tabulating some results, it looks like we have... Five out of ten farewell tours with two bonus celebrity moles on our patented Swayze scale. I love it. Josh, how did you feel about this episode? Um, it was television, all right. That's what I said right after we finished, and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to it. Yeah. That was television. It was funny. Yeah? Wish there was more, you know? There's six episodes. There is more. Just a little bit more. I've yeah. seen the first one, the third one now. So there's only three, three more. There's four more. No, the second one's a clip show. <laughs> no, but there's original content in it. Oh, I love a Not clip much. show that has original content. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. You'll love it, man. Okay, if you think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's all we have to do, right? Nick, do you have anything that you'd like to promote, or would you like to be found anywhere? Um, I'd like to be found uh, watching Clerks, the animated series, again and again and again. And thank you guys for having me. It was very enjoyable. Okay. Vince, tell them where they can find us. You can find us on the internet. We're at SwayzePod at gmail.com and at SwayzePod. Josh is on Letterboxd at Josh with CY. I'm on Letterboxd at Vincent Troya. And, uh, yeah, you know. Um, IMDb has this rated at a 7.6 out of 10. Oh, this was like an episode of television that like I reviewed? Or yeah. was it the whole show? It, this episode specifically, it was the only thing I could find. So yeah, 7.6 out of 10 is not bad. You know, and then the DVD overall box set review was 4.8 out of 5. You know, only 2% of people said their DVDs didn't work. So <laughs> that could have been you. It was me once. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. One of those 1%. Yeah. So I knew I'd make it to the 1% one day. It, it has some some heft, I guess. Like it's, you, you won't be disappointed if you buy the DVDs. That's what makes me excited about this. Like I said, very quotable for, for a six-episode run. Yeah. Immensely quotable. Like I said, nothing can kill the Grimace is tickled me a lot. <laughs> I liked it. And the I liked Grimace th- shouldn't tickle you. That's fucked up. <laughs> Don't let it get that close. Nothing can kill it. <laughs> uh, if you had to give this a number out of five, Josh, what would you give this? Oh, this? <laughs> I think I'd give it three and a half out of five Grimaces. Three and a half out of five Grimaces. <laughs> Imagine the half a Grimace. <laughs> what half? The left half. 
<laughs> would it would okay you want would, to have a heart would it be would it be would it would it be standing still or would it be laying on its side and what side would it be meat side or, or skin side what the fuck? it doesn't matter if nothing can kill it <laughs> it's laying on the ground meat side down just and the grimace give me a cheeseburger <laughs> Does the grimaces want a cheeseburger? I don't know. I don't know what the grimace wants. <laughs> I, it's half a man. I feel like we would be remiss not to mention the the if we're talking about silly McDonald's stuff, the band Max Sabbath. Oh, I have a koozie from them. Uh, Stephen, our, our guest and friend, he's gone to see them once or twice, and it is it's. He's, he's always said it's been great. It's it's a highly entertaining show, but they, they play, if you haven't seen or are aware of Max Sabbath, it's a Black Sabbath tribute band that plays in eerie, creepy McDonald's outfits. So there's a Ronald McDonald, a Hamburglar, a Grimace, and a, a, a McCheese-type character, but all with spins that make them uh, more heavy metal in some way. Yeah. And, and when you're imagining geez. this... this I don't know, half a grimace, meat side up or down. <laughs> Max Sabbath is what comes to mind. Meat side up. Oh, you can play the half a grimace as like a keyboard. <laughs> he is the keyboard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Xylophone bones. <sighs> Nick, if you had to rate this on a scale, you know, this t- episode of television, what would you rate it? I would, I would give it a five out of, if we're on a five scale, as far as on this show... Because it doesn't actually feature Patrick Swayze, I, I feel like I have to deduct a point. So, like, okay. as uh, on on the scale of being relevant to Crazy for Swayze, a uh, four because it's hilarious and awesome, but Patrick Swayze isn't actually in it. Five for my own personal enjoyment. You know, because like five out of ten on the Swayze scale, Swayze scale. That's that's no laughing matter. Yeah, but, you know, it did pretty good. Like they did pretty much get. What what makes a Swayze a Swayze? Mm-hmm. So good job. Yeah, I liked it. What would you give it, Vince, on Dude, your arbitrary scale? I I, I would say uh, a three and a half as well. I, I was gonna go. I was thinking about four also. You know, um, I'm actually excited. I'll, I'll give it a four. A four out of five. Yeah, yeah. I've talked seems- myself up to it. <laughs> Why? Four out of five. Why? I'm excited to watch the other ones. And you know what? Like, I like it just as a quick thing. I like it better than Clerks 2, I think. Yeah? There was no talk of Lord of the Rings in this. There was talk about Outbreak, which I like. There was just, like, multiple uh, movie references that were just, like, outright stated. That it was like, that's a reference from that movie. Jaws? Or It was, like, three times with three different movies. And I yep, was like... Yep. The first time it wasn't funny. The second time it was sort of funny. And then the third time I was like, okay, I guess it's funny now. Just keep saying it. Yeah. It's funny to say that, especially if you're supposedly targeting this towards children or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm going to watch it. It's great. Like we said, it's on Roku. You can buy the DVDs on something. Unless your DVD don't work. Unless your DVD don't work holy crap isn't that dirty dancing's patrick swayze hey patrick great horse hey randall i call the horse ghost like that movie i did gotcha so you own this place huh yeah i do of course swayze get back to work i'm not paying again with the customers that's an important hollywood producer we're making a movie in the back room (laughs) what's the movie called 
Get the hell back here and clean up after these cats. That's the title of the movie. I gotta get back to the uh, set. Come on, Point Break. I thought you said his name was Ghost. Yeah, Point Break is his last name. Bye! How the hell you know that guy? Patrick, he just moved next door to me and my mom. Critics love it when former Dirty Dancing stars do TV shows. This isn't a TV show. Now who's being naive? We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. We're crazy for Swayze. Gonna watch everything he made. We're crazy for Swayze. Then we'll talk about it. business is more trouble than it's worth. I'm off to L.A. to play an irritated neighbor in an Adam Sandler movie. Wow. Can you get us his autograph? No. 